Welcome to lucky number 13. Today I'm chatting with Crystal Whitaker. Crystal is a leadership development and DEIB consultant specializing in inclusive coaching and training for impactful leaders and organizations that want to disrupt the status quo to create welcoming environments rooted in core values. In this episode, we chat about the importance of ensuring your brand is inclusive and welcoming to everyone and how you can create content and offers that reflect your core values and attract aligned clients. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative, a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. Hi, Crystal. I'm so excited to have you on this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Isabel. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, me too. So why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing this type of work, given where you started? Oh my goodness, my journey. We could be here all day. I'll give you the short version though. (laughs) So my name is Crystal Whitaker for those who are not familiar with me and I run Crystal Lily Creative and the work that I'm doing now, I work as a DEI consultant and really doing a lot of leadership development and speaking and helping people to build inclusive brands that are rooted in core values And I came into this work, I feel like I've been building up to it my whole life. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing my whole life. (laughs) But I came into this space because I had a wedding photography business. And as a wedding photographer, I had a very diverse client portfolio. And it came very naturally to me because that's just the way that I have always lived my life. But I started getting questions from other photographers who were like, hey, how do I do this? Because I want to be welcoming and inclusive, but I just keep booking white couples, straight white couples. And so I started mentoring photographers. And then that expanded to mentoring other vendors in the wedding and event space. And now I am working with people across a range of industries. I've had clients that are in the coaching space, in the education space. I've worked with some therapists a couple of attorneys and people really see me as the inclusive branding expert. And it feels the most aligned to me. It's the most aligned thing I've ever done in my life because I have a lot of intersectionality in my own identity. I am biracial. I grew up in an all white family and I also identify as a queer woman. So there's a lot of overlap. And I think because of my lived experience and my upbringing, I have an ability to be able to meet people where they are and help bridge those gaps and you know fill things in and guide people in a way where they feel supported and not like they're going to be judged when we work together. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's so important to feel aligned. And I think when you actually get to a place where your business has evolved to a point where you really feel like you're doing what you were meant to do and it feels really good and you're so excited every morning to wake up and do it. It's just a whole different feeling from kind of doing something that maybe you're just good at or that you feel like you're supposed to do. You're kind of fell into it's just it's a whole different evolution. I'm so happy for you that you're like finally here. Thank you. I'm so excited about it too. It's like I get excited about work, you know. 
what you're talking about, you know, feeling like you're doing things because you're just good at them or because you have to, I've done all of those things. And at a certain point you start hating waking up in the morning, you know, it's like, Oh, I have to go to work. And when I get up in the morning, I actually, I don't like to tell people this, but I peep my emails, you know, I'm excited about what is coming up for the day. And I look at my schedule, I will be working at night. You know, I get ideas and I'm like, Ooh, got to write this down. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I totally actually this past week, I think I've been up at 4am almost every morning, taking notes on my phone about business things. And then like attempting around like 6am to like go back to sleep, which of course never actually happens. But I feel like as much as I would love to be getting a good night's sleep, it's nice to be in a place in business where you're that excited about it. Yeah. It is a really good feeling because life is way too short. Nothing is guaranteed. And I think that everybody deserves to feel like they're in their power and they're in their purpose and they're doing things that excite them. Yeah, totally. No, I love that. So tell us in a little bit more detail what inclusive branding is. And I know you mentioned DEI as well. If you could let us know what that means for people who don't know, that would be great too. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start with the DEI acronym. I actually use... So DEI is diversity, equity, and inclusion. For my work, I include belonging. So you'll see DEIB and that B is for belonging. And as far as inclusive branding is concerned... I hesitated a lot in the beginning around using that particular phrase because I didn't want it to seem like it was this marketing sticker that you could just kind of slap onto your website. But they also say, you know, in branding, like sometimes you just have to say what things are. So when we're talking about inclusive branding, the way that I approach it is making sure that your brand, everything about your brand is actually inviting to all people. And when I say all people, we are talking about people regardless of their race, their gender identity, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, any of those things, religious background, people, when they land on your website or they land on your social media, if they don't see things that are inviting to them that they can connect to, then they're not going to feel comfortable reaching out. So for example, in the, in the wedding industry, if somebody lands on your site or your social media and all they see are photos of straight white couples and they themselves identify as LGBTQ+, or they are a person of color, they're probably not going to think that you're going to be able to work with them and connect with them on a human level. So I work with people to you know, kind of distill down why are you only attracting these types of clients? What's showing up in your messaging? How are you communicating to your audience and your community? And what adjustments can we make? And not just for the sake of being able to check that box of like, okay, I went through this program and now I'm inclusive. No. Who are you at the core of your being as a human being? And what do you believe in? Why do you believe in those things? So the way that I work with people is getting them rooted in their core values so that when they are later presenting that inclusive brand and that inclusive message, it's actually connected to who they are as a human. And it's not just an add-on. It is something that they genuinely believe in and they're able to communicate it from the perspective of their values. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's obviously so important, but I think too, you know, even from a business perspective, it's like, you know, I in strategy always talk about no like and trust factors. And if you really want people to be attracted to you, 
to feel something positive when they land on your site or see your Instagram or hear you speak or look at your marketing or whatever it is. And you want to build those no like, and trust factors. It's so important to have people feel like you are open to working with them and like they belong in your marketing and in everything that you're putting out there. So I think it's really, really cool that you're doing this. And also I love the fact that you're coming at it from a perspective of like, don't just check that box. Because I think these days there's so much around well, I don't really understand this. And I don't really want to take the time to understand it, but I'm just going to check that box so I can say that I've checked the box and then we're good, right? I think it's nice to just call people out on their shit and be like really honest about like, no, this isn't just about like slapping a badge on your website or checking the box. This is actually like really deep diving into like why you seem to be doing this. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even like the whole example of slapping a badge on your website, I was contacted about a week or so ago a publication that equally wed actually publication. They're like, can you please share a comment on how to actually be genuinely inclusive? Because they were running into some issues where they've seen vendors that have put those badges, those inclusive badges on their websites, but then they find them, you know, in different parts of the internet using transphobic language. And that's another part of the work is like, you do that, but you also have to consider how you're communicating in spaces where you think it's okay. If you're saying and doing things or continuing to work with other vendors or professionals who don't actually display inclusive behaviors, or they use harmful language and rhetoric, and you're engaging in that, you're not actually inclusive. You're just saying that you are maybe so that you can look good, or maybe you're not fully informed. And that's also why I always recommend don't just learn from a single source. You should be learning and investing in multiple sources for education around inclusion. Yeah, no, that multiple sources thing makes a lot of sense too. Cause I think so many different people come with so many different opinions and biases and backgrounds and whatever. And so in anything, the more information you can get, the more sources that you can talk to, the better off you're going to be. Oh, a thousand percent. Even myself, when people work with me, I also provide a list of additional educators that I think that they should be learning from. Because while I can talk about the importance of having closed captioning on your videos, for example, I am not a member of the deaf community. So I refer to someone who is an expert in that field. And they also have that lived experience who can provide a lot more education and context from that. I have no business just kind of educating people on being inclusive and accessible for people from the deaf community, because I don't know everything about that experience. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And so in terms of when you're working with clients, aside from obviously when people are coming to them as potential leads and just feeling more inclusive, what other shifts are you seeing in how your clients are able to kind of take this and work with their own clients or how this changes their service? Like what kind of transformations are you seeing in the people you work with? Oh, I love that question. I really do. I think the number one thing that people have come back to me and said is that a couple of things, their clients feel a lot more supported. They feel like they are seen in their wholeness and their humanity. And also there's a little bit of a trickle down as well. So if I'm working with people who also coach other people, for example, things that are coming up in our sessions together with my clients that you know we're learning together and making those evolutions in their business, 
it also trickles down to the clients that they're coaching. So I'll go back to just you know, even something as seemingly simple as adding closed captioning to videos. If I tell one client that, then that's something that they have in their mind to tell their clients. So it's just that those things, they seem small, but they make such a big impact. Yeah. And I think too, you know, because to be honest, like this is stuff that I've just kind of started to think about when you mentioned the closed captioning, because, well, I don't do a lot of video, but now that I have audiograms of the podcast, you know, obviously we put the words on there. And I think too, that like you, until you are educated about this and until someone brings this to your attention, you don't realize how much of a difference this can make. And you don't realize what kind of vibe you're putting out there when you don't have something like that. So you kind of think that it's just this like innocent mistake and you're just uneducated and you think you can kind of ignore it. But if you really put yourself in the person's shoes of like that person coming, let's say to your Instagram page and wanting to, you know, look at this audiogram, for example, and they can't hear and there aren't captions and there's not even an option, it must just be so like disheartening and debilitating and frustrating and annoying. And like, I can't even imagine what that must be like, but it's like, it's so easy and simple for us to make those changes and accommodate as many people as we can. And I think it's so important that we start doing those things. Oh, a thousand percent. And even on that topic, since we're having this conversation, I just want to plug the person that I always refer to for accessibility for the deaf community. Her name is Erin Perkins. And I believe her Instagram is at MabelyQ. And we'll put it in the show notes too. We'll link to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because he shares so much great information about how to make sure that your business is accessible for the deaf community. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And so in terms of people who are coming to you and they maybe are like nervous or scared to say the wrong thing, how do you kind of work with people that are maybe either too nervous to even reach out to you in the first place or do kind of reach out to you, but they're very kind of hesitant to work with you or very hesitant to almost like offend you in the work with you? It's interesting because. I've been really fortunate that the people who do choose to come and work with me, they're eager and they're ready to do the work. However, that piece around being worried about saying or doing the wrong thing is the most common thing that I hear from people that choose to work with me. And what I say to that is that you probably will make a mistake. You will probably make many mistakes. And I don't want that to discourage anyone. And the reality is that even I have made mistakes. And what is more important is how you handle yourself in those mistakes. How do you take feedback when it comes your way? How do you react to things? Because if you get stuck in that space of, I'm worried about doing or saying the wrong thing, then you're most likely not going to do the work. And that is much more harmful than doing the work, making an effort, potentially making a mistake, and then someone correcting you and you being open and receptive to that correction. Because in that space, there's so much more growth and opportunities for connection and dialogue to happen. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think too, that it's so important as you're becoming more of an established business owner as well, there's so much to be said for realizing your mistakes, admitting your mistakes, being open to changing, being open to shifting. I think especially as an entrepreneur, like all we do is make mistakes. Like everything we do is trial and error. And so I think if you're somebody that is not open to making mistakes or doesn't receive mistakes well, 
either like one, you need to fucking correct that immediately. (laughs) And two, like, you're probably not going to be a very successful business owner because like I make mistakes on the daily across like all of the things that I do. And you just have to have an attitude of like, well, that happened. Like, what can I learn from it? And how can I make sure that this doesn't happen again in the future? Yes. A thousand percent. And that's the key is like, what can we learn from our mistakes? How can we evolve from them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so in terms of who your training is targeted for, are there some people that you recommend this training over others? What if someone who's like part of a marginalized community already, can this training be helpful to them? Who do you kind of see as the ideal person to be taking this training or is it just for everybody? (laughs) If I'm going to quote my mother who actually went through it as well, (laughs) which was really great. She's like, everybody needs this. And truly, I do think that all people need to go through a program like this, truly. And to answer your question about people from marginalized communities, yes, you can absolutely work with me or work with anyone else in the DEI space because even within marginalized communities, there is bias and there are exclusions. So as an example, a couple of examples, the LGBTQ plus community has historically treated people from marginalized identities, from black and brown communities, and even the trans community poorly. So those things are slowly changing. We're seeing more compassion and efforts in that LGBTQ plus community, but historically it's not always been that way. And then even within black and brown communities, and especially religious communities, people who are religious within black and brown communities, not accepting people who identify as LGBTQ+. So there are a lot of overlaps that happen where absolutely you can learn, grow, and evolve with doing the work with me or somebody who does work similar to mine because there are opportunities for all of us. Yeah, no, I think that's really important and and I love all of that. In terms of you know, the work that you're doing with people, I know you talk a lot in your work about brand values and making sure that you really kind of have those values established and kind of front and center. And you're really making sure that everything that you're doing in terms of your content, your marketing, your why is really like all kind of pointing back to those brand values. And so why do you think it's so important for a business to kind of establish those brand values and really have those at the forefront of their mind and what they're doing? I could get on many soapboxes about values in business. (laughs) So it's important because you can essentially use your values as a compass for your brand. They should be the core of your brand. I know often businesses, you know, they have values and they might sit on a website and you don't hear a lot about them. The way that I guide people through the work is getting them so rooted in those values that everything that you do in and around your business should be able to be related back to your value. So whether you are making hiring decisions or choosing to collaborate with other collaborative partners, anything that you're doing in your business, bringing on new clients, choosing to launch new products. How are all of those things related to one or all of your values? And if you can't connect the decisions that you're making in your business to any of your values, you shouldn't be doing it. It Brings a lot of clarity. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's well said. And in terms of businesses, when you're working with them, if this is something that's kind of new to them and they haven't really done this before, how do you help business owners kind of figure out what those values are? And then even further, how do you help them make sure that the clients that they're taking on are really staying aligned with those values? 
Love that question. So helping people, usually I actually give people a workbook, very robust workbook. And part of that is giving them a kind of a launching pad of values to choose from. I've got a list of many words. I don't even know how many words are on it. It's like, okay, go down this list. What feels good to you? What jumps out at you? Highlight it, circle it, whatever works. And usually people will start off with, you know, they're highlighting and circling 25, 30 different words. And it's like, okay, now let's narrow it down. Let's look at the economy of all of these words and determine which word encompasses really what it is that you want to say. So for example, if you are someone who values family and friends and the relationships that you have in business, you probably don't want to fill up all your value space with like, I value family and friends and connection and all of that. So maybe the value for you is community. And then as sub values, it's your relationships with family members and friends and your coworkers. So that is how I work with people to really narrow things down. You can have many, many values, but you want to have your top. I recommend three to five core values. And then you can have your sub values underneath that kind of further disseminate, like, this is what's important to me. Yeah, totally. And so once you've kind of helped these business owners really establish their values, how do you help them? ensure that that kind of moving forward, they're really sticking almost with like what they've learned here and they're really aligning everything so that they're also making sure that the clients that they take on are really aligned with those values. Yeah. So the idea around that is making sure once we've done all of that values work together, we're also looking at how you are communicating in your brand, the things that are important to you. So I work with people to create solid, clear mission, vision, and brand statements and teach them how to actually utilize their core values to create messaging around them. So that way they are putting messaging out into the world via their website, their social media, and that messaging acts as an invitation. So what's happened with my clients that I've worked with over the last year and a half, two years, consistently over and over, they're coming back to me and saying, wow, this really worked. Because they'll put their brand statements up, they'll put their mission statements up, they're sharing their values and they're having these dialogues online with their communities and sharing what matters to them. So they're pretty much attracting really the people that they want to work with. So it's very rare that someone comes, slips through the cracks and is like, oh, this probably isn't an ideal client because they're so clear up front. So it's really about the messaging that refers back to their values that serves as that invitation. So they bring in the people that they're excited about working with. Yeah, no. And I think that's so important too. And that really ties kind of back to the branding work you're doing, really having like a set strategy, understanding your niche. It all kind of ties into really making sure that you're being intentional about what you're putting out into the world and who you're bringing in and who's going to work with you. And I think as you, you know, as you get further and further in business, those things hopefully become kind of clearer and clearer to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And I know too, you have this whole other kind of side of the photography business and you used to be a wedding photographer and you do a lot of brand photography. And so tell me a little bit about how that kind of plays into all of this. Like once you've worked with these clients and you've really kind of helped them establish these values, do you then offer kind of brand photography that really reflects and portrays the values and the work the two of you have done together? Yeah. Brand photography is available to people. 
not everybody that I work with gets it because, you know, I work with people at this point all over the world. So the ones that do choose, they want that brand photography component. It's actually ideal if they've gone through my process because I know your brand and I know the message that you're trying to convey to your audience. And now all of the work that we did together on a foundational level, we get to bring it to life with the visuals. So it's always fun to get to work with people that have gone through that messaging process through the empowered branding. And then, okay, great. Now here, let's do your photos and we get to have so much fun together. Yeah. I think too, like having just recently done a brand photo shoot, it's so important and it helps so much to come into a brand photo shoot with such a clear direction. So I could see how after working with you and getting you kind of getting to know their business on that deeper level, it must be very helpful and easy to kind of come up with a strategy for the brand photo shoot for them. So helpful, so easy. And I actually even brand photo clients because some people will come to me and they're like, I just need photos. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm still going to give you this workbook (laughs) so that you can tell me about your brand so that I at least understand from your perspective and the foundation that you have that already exists, what I'm working with. And over and over brand photo clients, when they go through that workbook, they're like, wow, there were some questions in here that I hadn't even thought about. So I do incorporate a little bit of my empowered branding process in the photography experience as well. Yeah. And when you're working with people, I know that you kind of have like a process that you take people through in terms of like the empowered branding. So could you just talk a little bit about the kind of evolution and the way that you work with people through that process, the different steps that are included? Yeah. Oh, I love this process because it's so in-depth and I completely geek out over it. So the first step is to really clarify people's understanding of inclusion in branding and why it is so important and vital to your business. And then once we have that clarity, we go into rooting your brand identity and getting clear on those core values and your commitments to your community so that you have a nice rooted foundation. And then the third step that we go through is to disrupt and identify bias. And I do it on three levels. It's not just your bias that you have as an individual. So it's on a personal level, your individual bias a professional level, which is bias that can arise in your business. What do you think you're doing well? What do you think could be done better? If you have a team, what is their perspective and so on? And also bias on a community level. So what types of organizations are you connected to? How do you spend your time outside of work? You know, What narratives are you potentially absorbing that are filtering through the way that you show up in your business? And then the final step is to create an empowered brand message. And that's where we get down to your mission, your vision, and your brand statement. And the whole idea is to make sure that you are completely connected to your role and your identity and who you are as a leader in your business so that you can actually embody the values and commitments that you say are important to you. Yeah, that must be very helpful. I think it's good to kind of go through each of those processes. And I'm sure by the end, people feel like they've really been able to not only identify, but then I like that you have that create at the end too, so that it's kind of like wrapping everything up now that we've kind of come up with the strategy and the vision. Let's make sure that you're actually acting on it and actually putting out content that's going to reflect that. Yes, absolutely. I love it. And it's always such a satisfying experience, not just for me, but for the clients that go through it, because it's like, you know what you're getting on the front end, you know, when you 
choose to work with me, I give all of the information. But over and over, I think people are so surprised by themselves and what they come up with and what they create. And they're so it's fun to see how excited they are about their business in that new light. Yeah. So if people want to work with you, tell us a little bit about the different packages that you have and then how people can get in touch with you. Yes. So I have a group program. It's Empowered Branding. I only open it a couple few times a year. And then I have an eight-week one-on-one mentorship that is available as well as a VIP day. And people can connect with me via my website, which is crystallily.co and social media at crystallilycreative on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes. And then as we wrap up here, I love to just ask all of my guests if they could go back to either when they were like first starting their business or when they were like in the midst of figuring out what their next move was going to be as they were like evolving their business. What's one piece of advice you wish you could go back and tell yourself at that point? Charge your worth. (laughs) Hands down, charge your worth. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I think that that is someone else had that who was the guest recently. And I think that that's so important, but I think unfortunately that comes with almost having to learn the lesson yourself, because I think you're in this like terrible cycle of like faking it until you make it and feeling like if you do charge your worth, you're not going to get clients when you're very early on. And then as you become more established, you become more confident. So then you are able to charge your worth. And then you're like, why didn't I do this before? But it's one of those things that like, People can tell you this a thousand times over, but until you've gotten to that point and you believe in it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And it's so true. I was so scared to charge, you know, what is the value that I bring to the table because I was quote unquote new in business. However, I had 10 years of corporate experience under my belt. And on the photography side, I had people that were telling me that they thought my work was better than theirs and they had been doing it for years, you know? So charge your worth. Don't be scared. Just because you're new to business doesn't mean that anything that you have done previously is not transferable to that. And that is valuable. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think that we have a tendency to discount the things that we've done in the past. And I think, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you're wearing so many hats Mm -hmm. that anything that you've done in the past, no matter what it was, whether it was a corporate job or even like a waitressing job as, you know, a teenager in high school, there's so many transferable skills that you can bring in when you're an entrepreneur and you're doing sales and marketing and backend stuff and accounting and putting all the packages together, doing the actual work. Like you're just wearing so many hats that it's impossible that what you've done before is not going to transfer over to what you do. Oh, a thousand percent. Everything is transferable, in my opinion. I use skills that I had when I was just, you know, an office assistant, like a receptionist. So, yeah, no, that's awesome advice. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun chatting with you and so enlightening. And I hope that people reach out to work with you because I think what you're doing is so important. Thank you. I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.